So the, the, the craziest thing happened to me. Um, I've been, like, I haven't been exercising um, or eating differently at all, but I am down to my ideal weight. Said no one ever. <laughs> Said literally no one ever. Okay, that's not true. I did actually have someone say that to me once, and I was like, bless your heart. <laughs> sort of like Matt and Aaron going to Cuba. Like, we're just super happy for you. We're happy for you. No one says that. <laughs> if, you have, if, if that is true of your life, and I'm wrong, and you're like the exception to that rule, and you just like, I don't know, I just I haven't been doing anything, and I'm just like, I'm I deal weight, and I feel great. Um, if that's you, just don't talk about it with other people. We... we <laughs> We want to be bigger than that. Like, we want to be happy for you, but it, we will struggle. So, like, so, yeah, right. So, uh, we don't say things like that. We don't say, um, I woke up one day and I could speak Mandarin. It was amazing. It was just amazing. All I did was, or all I did was sign up for classes, um, university classes, and I ended up with high honors and a graduate degree. I don't know how that happened. Nobody does that. Or this is, this is maybe relevant because so many of you got dogs during the pandemic. Uh, my puppy just came house train, crate train, walking on heel and able to warn me if my blood sugar was too high. <laughs> Nobody, no, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. Have you seen these dogs who can tell their owners if their blood sugar is too high or too low? That's an, un it does, it's not important right now, but I just, I've seen some videos recently and I'm just like, that's, un that's incredible. So all of these are amazing accomplishments, of course. There are many, many amazing things that people can do and they set their minds to and they do without a doubt, but you know what I'm going to say. It's because they have made a series of decisions over and over again, put di disciplines in their lives over a period of time, and it has led to the desired result. That is how it works. That's how it works. And since you're in this context with me this morning, you'll already see where this is headed. Listen, you don't take the red pill, plug into the matrix, and have all faith-related things figured out. Uh, that's, a, that's a 90s movies reference for those of you who are younger than 40, just in case you're wondering. It's, a, it's classic. Don't worry about it. Um, you, don't, you don't all of a sudden wake up one day and have a robust prayer life and a deep knowledge of the word and a perfect trust in God and a life without anxiety and the discipline to fast and, and uh, the routine of silence and solitude and Sabbath in your life. You just don't. And so in this series, um, we are talking about what your life looks like if you are a disciple of Jesus. If you have said, I have decided to follow Jesus. Good song this morning, Matt, for this. Uh, the, if, you have, if, if that is the cry of your heart, that we're talking about what then, what then does your life look like? Uh, not someone who just says they believe, but someone who says, I want to I do uh, what Jesus teaches. I want to follow him with my whole life. What does your life look like? So last week we started with repentance. Friends, that was a heavy service. We walked through some stuff last week. I'm sorry off campus that you, you weren't here with us. That's not, no shade on you. But we walked through some stuff. Um, repentance is not an idea. It, it is a thing that we do. It's an action. And it's a state of your heart. And um, it's, it can be really heavy. But I, I hope that you understood last week also that it can also be very freeing and lead to other things. Everything is about the heart. If your heart's not in the right spot, if your heart's not repentant and humble before God, then nothing else that we are going to talk about in this series matters. Because your words and actions are an overflow of what's in your heart. And so that's always the first focus. And so if you haven't heard that message or you don't know what we're talking, go back and listen to that audio. It's super important that you understand that as the foundation. And we're going to build from there this morning. So I want to talk this morning about 
the habit of a disciple. What does the habit of a disciple look like? What do the practices of a follower of Jesus look like? What things can you do to keep your heart from wandering, to, to keep from going cold in your faith? Or even worse, actually being lukewarm in your faith. For those of you who are in our Revelation group uh, on Wednesday, we're going to get to that this week. Uh, what, what, uh, what can you do to keep yourself from looking to other things for your identity or your peace or your comfort that are going to lead you to a place that you don't want to be? What are the habits that keep you in that? Actually, the habits that keep you in a heart of hum- with a heart of humility and repentance, the things that keep your heart in that space. So we're going to start uh, with some scripture, um, and we're going to start with one that uh, we actually dug into a little bit during our season of hope series. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 4, read a couple of verses there. They're going to be on the screen for you this morning, of course, also in the YouVersion app already loaded for you. Um, if you go to more and then events, you can uh, follow along that way and take your own notes there. So let's start with 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. Paul is writing to a younger pastor uh, named Timothy, and he's giving him some instructions, and here's what he says. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Short, sweet, and extraordinarily helpful. If you made, that's so full of joy today. If you made a, a resolution to get in shape, statistically, statistically you've already failed. So congrats. <laughs> it's true. I'm not, it's just true. It's okay, just embrace it. If we don't just embrace our failures, we can never go on. But if that's true, in fact, whatever, the, the truth of the matter is, whatever you, whatever you made a New Year's resolution for, statistically, you've already failed. Isn't that so affirming? Um, but don't worry, this scripture here, what, what, what Paul is saying, Timothy here, is, is not meant to shame you, okay? That's not meant to shame you. It's not that statistic. It's a metaphor for you, and it's going to be really helpful for us today. He's saying this, how good is physical training? It's good. It's very good. We understand that. Like, we are not out of shape or unhealthy for lack of knowledge, right? We understand the assignment if you will, okay? But it's very limited, Paul says, because it develops a, a, a part of the person, a one part of the person, your, your physical body, it, it, and it produces good results, of course, and it's a good thing, but it only lasts for a very short period of time. Have you ever gotten into shape and then gotten out of the habit of exercising? How long did your fitness last? You're like, I've never been in shape. I don't even know. I don't know what this is. Uh, but yeah, like, it doesn't last very long. Sometimes it's as much as a couple of days, depending on what you're working on, a couple of days and you'll start to see a decline in what you're able to lift or how far you're able to run or how you feel when you're exercising. Maybe it's a couple of weeks. Physical training is super important. We know that exercise is good for us, but it is temporary. So even if you are, however, in the best shape of your life, every day of your life, from, from, until, from now until the day that you die, the benefit of that physical training will end on that day that you die. But when you train yourself to be godly, Paul says, the work you put in affects your life today, like physical training. It affects your life today, and it extends into eternity. 
So what you're putting in in your spiritual life, what exercises you're putting in your spiritual life are going to help you today, tomorrow, and for the rest of your life, and they will also go with you into eternity, okay? So uh, physical training benefits many parts of your life. You know this. But training in godliness literally benefits every part of your life and eternity. And that phrase, train yourself to be godly, that we read here in the NIV in the original language, uh, really translates directly to exercise yourself unto godliness. And it means the exact same thing, but I don't know, I just like it better. It just feels better, doesn't it? Exercise yourself unto godliness. So what are the spiritual habits that equal exercising yourself unto godliness? What does that look like in the life of a believer to do something like that, to, to obey here what we're being commanded? So we usually refer to these things that um, are these exercises unto godliness as spiritual disciplines. There's uh, so many to discover and to practice. We're going to cover a few major ones today as an introduction to you if this is new to you or as a reminder to you if you've been in the faith for a while. Um, and, but just there are many things that fall into the category um, of spiritual disciplines that Christ followers have been using for years to help them in their spiritual lives. And, and they have seen incredible benefits from them. Some uh, things that we do in, in the church as Christians are explicitly commanded in Scripture. Some um, have been practiced by Christians for uh, literally thousands of years. And they're not explicitly commanded in Scripture, but uh, they have been found to be helpful by the church for many, 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 many years. And so there are, there are different categories of those things. And I need to just, just this little disclaimer, because I, I want to make sure that this is clear in case it doesn't come up, up later on this morning. But the disciplines that we're going to talk about are not an end in themselves. The, the disciplines we're going to talk to lead to deeper relationship with God. They lead to fitness in righteousness and peace and joy and, and love and everything else that the Christian life offers. So in the same way that um, I don't go on my rowing machine for the sake of the rowing. I go on the rowing machine for the sake of the benefit of the rowing, right? I do the thing to help me get to the place uh, in my fitness that I want to be because it's good for me, my mental health and my physical health and my emotional health. It's good for me to, to be uh, working out. I don't do it because rowing is like the thing, right? So the same thing with spiritual disciplines. Understand that. Um, it's not the activity that we're looking for. It's what the activity brings into our lives that we are looking for. It's not a checklist. It's like looking for uh, the, the, the thing that we can exercise ourselves unto godliness. So uh, let's focus this morning, because our time is limited, on the ones that we see commanded or taught in Scripture specifically. And then I'll mention a few more that you can discover on your own. First, I'm just going to make sure that I'm preaching like a girl this morning. And then let's open, our, open the Bible open our Bibles to, um, these are going to be on the screen for you again. So you'll see, uh, here are, here, here's the first one. Let's, let's focus, like I said, on what we see for spiritual disciplines commanded explicitly in Scripture. And the first one would be reading your Bible. So hopefully you have that or you have a copy of it. And if you don't have a Bible or need one, there's one in the, the seat in front of you. Probably just take it home. Like literally just take it home or ask us for one that maybe has writing in it or something. We'll give you a fresh one. We have those two. Okay. Listen to what the Bible says about reading the Bible. This is what we're going to look for in these scriptures. Joshua 1.8. This is God speaking to Joshua. It says this. Keep the, this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. That is a packed verse. God says to Joshua, 
when you meditate on the word day and night, you will be able to do what's written in it. Why? Because you're going to know what it says and remember what it says and be able to apply it to the everyday situations of your life. And there's a promise in here too, that you will be prosperous and successful if you are living according to the word. Psalm uh, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. Blessed. There's another a promise of blessing there for those who spend time in the word. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Everything you read in the word. Uh, we were talking about this in our Revelation group also. When you think about Revelation, it's scary and it's got symbolism and metaphors I don't understand. And you go back to this scripture, remember that everything you read in here is, is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Why do you need that? So that the servant of God will be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's what this word does. So knowing the word is your first and primary way of getting to know God. If you want to know God, if you want to grow in your relationship with God, it's literally not rocket science. It's like just finding a way to get into the word every day. And so my, the question is, how, how do I read the Bible? How do I, how would, if you're a, a long-time believer, this, you'd be like, oh, that's fine. But if somebody's asking you, how do I read the Bible? Or if you're new to this, I don't know. It's so, it's complicated. I don't understand it. How do I read the Bible? I'll tell you this in one word. This is how you do it. Consistently. Like literally, just consistently. Consistently. There are, other than, other than consistently, there's a million other options. But I will say to you, it's consistency in my life for 40 years of knowing the Lord, that has made the most difference. I know about the Bible now because I have consistently been reading the Bible. That's, that's, that's the bottom line, okay? So, and, and I didn't know it when I first started reading the Bible. And I got better at it sort of in the middle, and I'm getting better at it now, and there's still lots that I have to learn consistently, okay? So if, you, if you're confused or you're, you're thinking you're overwhelmed, don't, do, don't be any of those things. Just start and be consistent, and you will be amazed at how the Bible is faithful to teach, rebuke, correct, and train you in righteousness. I promise you that. Uh, you can look for, if, if you want to, as long as you're doing it consistently, look for scriptures that speak to certain situations in your life. Uh, I, I wrote a song called I Come that we sing here sometimes, and it, it's from Psalm 130 because I was in a time of waiting, and I wanted to, I was like, I was running. I told the Lord, if you don't do the thing that I need, I need I'm going to do it anyway. And he was like, hey, you should, hey, there's some scriptures about waiting in here you might want to. So I literally Googled, like, Scriptures about waiting. I got to Psalm 130, and then, and then in that time, as I'm a worship leader, and so that was like a, an outlet for me, and I sat at my piano, and I was like, I will wait for the Lord. My soul waits in his word. And I was like, yeah, that's probably going to be better for me, you know. <laughs> so there are times, you, sometimes you need to find scriptures that apply to certain situations in your life, and you can do that. There's lots of ways to do that, and honestly, Google works for that a lot. Scriptures about... Like, be careful with Google. You guys know you're grown-ups. You get it. But, like, there's a lot of ways to do that. Some Bibles have a topical index. Anyway, there's so many. 
I can't get, I can't get off track there. Um, you can systematically do a reading plan. version. we always talk about version here because of that, because it brings consistency, because some of us like it when our streak is high. You know, it like counts out. It's, if that's not for you, then don't, don't be legalistic about it. But if that works for you, then go like dive right in because it reminds you, oh, I, wasn't, I have to get in the Word today. I need to be in the Word today. We're doing a reading plan, reading through the whole Bible as a church, and you can still jump in. And if you jump in in February and you miss January, you can come back to it in 2023. Do you know what I mean? Like just consistently and, and have some accountability there. I love doing that reading plan with you guys. You can get a Bible study guide and you can work through it. Like there's so many good Bible studies out there that are specific to a book of the Bible or whatever. And you can work through it. There's just so many ways to get into the word. So I'm just saying do it consistently. Do it in a way that makes sense for you. Do it in a way that speaks to you and that, that works with your different learning style or whatever it is. It doesn't matter how you do it. It matters that you make it part of every day. You hear what, you hear what I'm saying. Um, and I was just going to give you a few cautions about, about reading the word. Uh, if you're doing a Bible study, I want you to be cautious that you look for less opinion and more teaching on Scripture, okay? So just be cautious that it's not just somebody's opinion about the Word, but, like, when you're reading it, they're saying, it says this, and it says this, and that helps us to understand this, and, like, look at this, and this is where else in Scripture. Like, look for things like that in a Bible study. Be careful it's not just somebody's opinion about what something says. You kind of have to use your own judgment there. If you need help with that, let us know. Look for a pace of reading that works for you. Some of you just hate reading, I get it. There's audio Bible. Maybe you want to, maybe the, the Bible in a year plan is like four chapters a day. That's too much for you. That's not a problem. Do a couple of verses a day. Do a paragraph a day and, and let it be meaningful to you. It doesn't matter. But whatever pace works for you, you're looking for consistency, not, uh, not bulk, okay? But if the bulk is working for you, like if, if being all over in the scriptures, wait, what do we do? A psalm, we do Old Testament, New Testament, a psalm every day in that bigger reading plan. If that's where you are, then you need to dig into that. That's where you need to be. But if that's not where you are, then find a pace that works for you. That's fine. So being in the word, if you want to know God, he has expressed himself so beautifully in so many different ways, and there's so much to help you with. So get into the word consistently. The second one that is all over scripture, the second discipline for the habit of the life of a disciple is prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Oh, this is my favorite. I don't know what God's will is for my life. I don't know what he wants me to do. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So do those things and then see where he leads you. Pray continually. You notice how it's, it's like rejoice and give thanks are between pray? Like with that attitude. With that attitude, you come and be like, God, I, with thanksgiving, I come. With, I come and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray continually. I'm going to keep my mind on those things. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Matthew, 5, Matthew 6, 5 and 6, Jesus says this in the Sermon on the Mount. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room. Close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So listen to what Jesus is saying. We don't pray so that other people think we're spiritual. We don't, we don't pray to show off how, how godly we are. We pray to, to, to be with the father. We pray to communicate with God. So whatever space and place that means for you, um, that's what that looks like. That's what that looks like. And I love this too. There's a reward in that too. When Jesus 
uh, when, when the Father sees you, Jesus says, when the Father sees you praying like that, when he sees you seeking after him and finding that space and place, there's a reward in that for you too. Ephesians 6.18, um, Paul is talking to the church in Ephesus and he does, if, you, if you're familiar with this, he, he talks about the armor of God. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And then he talks about each piece of armor. And then he finishes it up by saying this, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Hear the repetition in there. Pray and then pray and then don't forget to pray, but pray and then also pray. You hear it. Like he's not, he's not trying to like make it confusing. He's saying in all occasions, with all kinds of prayers, just keep on praying. Just keep on praying. And specifically pray for the Lord's people. Pray. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. It's a favorite of ours around here. Probably because Pastor Dell and Arlene, Pastor Dell is the senior pastor before me. This is like a life verse. And it's so powerful. Do not be anxious about anything. I'm just going to pause there because I have had a lot of reasons in my life recently to be very, very anxious. And I just wanted to remind you that um, it says anything. So you can say, oh, but I have to worry about this because it's really big. I just want to remind you, it says, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, in every situation... With thanksgiving, there it is again, present your requests to God. Oh, and here's the promise in this one. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's the exchange. Come on, friends. That's a good exchange. Don't, you don't literally have to worry about anything. You don't have to bring your anxiety into every, any situation. Instead, you can pray and, and present your request to God with thanksgiving, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's good. Like, you can just go there every single day. We have a lot of reasons to be anxious, friends. We can go there every single day. In uh, 1685, Madame Guillon uh, wrote a little book called A Short and Easy Method of Prayer. This is hundreds of years ago. Listen to what she says. When at any time... The passions are turbulent. A gentle retreat inward unto a present God easily deadens and pacifies them. And any other way of contending with them rather irritates than appeases them. You understand what she's saying here? It doesn't matter what's swirling around you. No matter what is pressing on you, a retreat into the presence of God will pacify those things. That's the peace that passes all understanding or transcends all understanding, as it says in the NIV. And any other thing we try to do to try to pacify, we just binge out on Netflix. I'm just so anxious right now, I'm just going to watch the Netflix. Has anybody ever felt better after doing that? No. Any other thing we try to do to pacify the anxiety and the worry in our life is just going to irritate it. It's going to just set it aside for another time. But a retreat into the presence of God is the one thing that God promises will always, always work. Prayer is, um, I'm, I'm sorry to say, so neglected, but it's, we know it's so beneficial. That simple communicating with God, that's what prayer is if you're wondering. You speak and you listen. He listens to you and he speaks. There's a lot of ways to do this, friends. There's a lot of ways. You can write your prayers in a journal. 
You can type them in a document. You can say them out loud. You can just pray in your own mind. Anything else you can, you can think of. But whatever you do in your prayer, whatever prayer looks like to you, I just want you to be mindful that you always leave a space to listen. It's, a, it's communicating with God. So um, I, I just, I don't know, you probably have needs. Some of you have needs that you go through. Yeah, pray those things. With prayer and petition, present your request to God. That's, that's asked of us. Uh, but I, I always want you to leave space to listen. That's why I actually like journaling prayers for myself quite a lot, especially when I have a busy mind or I feel anxious. Because when I have to write or type, it slows my mind down to the speed of my hand. <laughs> and I'm able to hear from the Lord that way too, so... The other uh, instruction we have here that I want you to notice is that you need to pray in two specific ways. Scripture is telling us that we have to pray intentionally and consistently. Intentionally and consistently. So we have a time set aside for prayer. There's a, a time in your life, in your schedule, in your day where you're like, I'm going to pray. This is my time for prayer, probably alongside of reading the word. And the second way we pray is, is in an ongoing way. You know, hear that? Pray always. Be, be always continuously played throughout the day. Relying on God each moment of the day. So both are required. Both a specific, consistent time of prayer and the practice of praying all the time. Both are required. I'll tell you, I've tried to do one and I've tried to do the other and they don't work by themselves. I have done it where I'm like, I don't, I don't really have a time of prayer. I just like pray continually. Let me tell you what happens when you do that. You forget to pray continually, <laughs> always. It is very hard to keep your heart focused like that on the Lord when you haven't had a specific time to pour out your heart to him. But then also, if you have a devotional time, like maybe it's like in the morning and you go and you read the word and you, you journal your prayers or whatever, and then you never think about it again until the next morning, that's also not an effective a habit of a disciple. Having both of those things, so starting with that, a time where you, you really do connect with God and, and that's the mo that, that is on the agenda, and then letting it carry you through your day so that through your day you're like, Lord, I need help with this. I need wisdom here. Lord, would you be present with me? Lord, I'm anxious. I'm so anxious about this meeting or this conversation or what's coming next, and I, need, I just want to offer that to you and lay that, like the consistency of the walking it through too. Both things are called for here in Scripture. Both habits are needed and both are very possible. Another habit uh, of a disciple that we read about in Scripture is fasting. Matthew, uh, just a little bit after the prayer when Jesus says in Matthew 6, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces and show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Fasting is, an, is, a, is a weird one. It's, it's an act of humility. It's weird because Scripture never says fast because. It just calls you to fast. And so we did a great study back in the fall and we, uh, about prayer, and we were talking a lot about fasting. We were, I was reminded, it really is, um, when it boils down, what it boils down to is an act of humility. It's a recognition that every other need in our lives is secondary to our need of God. That everything we, we, we have, everything we need, is all a provision from God for us. And so we choose to limit ourselves 
in order to pray and to humble ourselves and to be reminded of that in our spirit, to be able to come and be repentant and to ask for help and to, to pray about uh, specifically about other things that we need to dig deeper on or we need direction in or to trust him more for, those, those kinds of things. Really is that act of humility on, on another level. And you can fast anything that will free up your time and attention for prayer and bring your focus to God consistently, whatever that thing is for you. People often fast screen time or social media, and that's okay because if, that, if you're taking that time, you normally would do that, and you're praying instead, and you're feeling the effects of that, like you really want to do that, but you're choosing not to do that, that is a fast. But to be clear, Scripture does not ask you to fast social media. Scripture asks you to fast your food. And so I'm not saying that other kinds of fasts don't have uh, validity. I, I've seen them be powerful in people's lives because of that choice to humble themselves and to focus on prayer, absolutely. But if you have never uh, tried fasting your food because it's hard, it is. And I'm, I just get, I get too hungry. I know. That's the point, right? And so I just, I want to tell you that I was there for like most of my Christian life where I was like, that's not really for me. That's for spiritual people or like people who can do that. And it turns out it's for everybody. I mean, that's been my experience. And so fast a meal and pray instead and see what God has for you. Just try it. Just try it. And then let's talk about it. Okay? But that's the scriptural, that's the scriptural um, uh, mandate here. Um, so, but either way, however you fast, however you're being called to fast, it is a powerful spiritual discipline that will keep you connected to the Lord. The last one we're going to talk about in, in any kind of detail this morning is, uh, is worship in song. There is so much worship in song. We understand worship is our lives. I love that uh, uh, the, the song Matt led this morning, you know, let my deeds outrun my words and let my life um, outweigh my song. You know, like worship is not about the songs you sing, but there is something specific about worshiping in song uh, that is really powerful. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. There's a command here to sing. We didn't have Matt lead us in worship this morning because we needed to fill up an hour. Like, ah, we don't want to listen to Tracy for the whole time. So let's have Matt just lead a few songs. We'll have Ethan do some announcements, and then we'll get to that so it's not so long. Like, that's not the purpose of singing songs. It's like, we don't know what else to do, so let's sing together. We're not a glee club, friends. Um, scripture calls us to worship in song. And we, we know, we know that music is a powerful medium, and that a worship in song has the ability, Scripture says, to teach us and to admonish us with all wisdom when we bring our songs from the Spirit. Isn't that incredible? Your theology is more likely shaped by the songs that you know than the sermons that you have heard. We're, we were having a debate this morning, weren't we, friends? Well, there's a new song that somebody wants to lead, and it was like we were just talking about the lyrics. Because we understand, and we do this with our new songs, we understand that um, what we sing has sticking power in our spirits. The vast majority, majority of the scriptures I have memorized are from songs. You may not be musical and you may not even like music all that much, um, but the power of music is written into our DNA. It's part of our human existence. It has been from the beginning. And music can be used to lift us up or distract us and take us down. 
really honestly, like country music is this for me. I got to tell you, friends, like I, I got into country music when I was about 13 years old because I was, liked a boy and he was into country music. And I, wanted, I was like, yeah, country is so good, right? So I listened to country music. It made me so sad. Like I was sad all the time. And I, I know some of you listen to country music and it might not affect you that way. And so be blessed, but like be free. I, it's fine. I'm telling you what it did to me. I took on those stories like they were my own. Like it's country music, it's, also, it's, a great, it's great music, it's like got great harmonies, it's got whatever. But I took on those stories, like, yeah, I know, right? Life is so, it sucks. And I'm like, no, that's not your life. Like, so I can't listen to that stuff. I can't. I take it, I take it right into my spirit, and I think it's my own life. But I'll, so I'll tell you, so you have to be careful what kind of music you listen to. But also, last weekend when we were walking into, like, I, if you weren't here, there was just, I knew it was going to be a difficult Sunday. We didn't know what Sunday was going to bring. And on Saturday, I was reminded that on Friday, Shay, was, uh, my daughter, was, a, uh, was getting ready to play the piano at youth. And she was practicing while I was making dinner. And I heard her, and we were talking about keys to the song, some technical stuff about the song. And it was just so beautiful. And then on Saturday, I remembered the song that she had been playing, and I thought, yeah, I, I feel like I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. And I, I don't know what to do with all the feelings I have about that. You know, like I don't know what to do with the feelings. And then, um, <laughs> poor Rob, hey? He just lives with like, I'm like, I just have all the feelings. <laughs> I don't do the feelings. And then I was like, hmm. And I remembered what I had heard Shay playing. And I said, I can't go back to the beginning. Can't. And I can't control what tomorrow will bring. Literally. But I know here in the middle is the place where you promised you'd be. I'm like, that help. Better than country music, I'll tell you that right now. It helped. It helped. Because I was like, yeah, Jesus. And then I told Jesus some things like, you promised you would be here. You promised you were faithful. And then I went into that space in prayer. And I'll tell you how what changed about my spirit is that I just like, it, it doesn't matter. I can't control tomorrow. I can't control anything. I don't have control over anything, but you promise to be present. So I'm going to stand in that. So music is powerful, and that's why we're called to worship in song. And that's why we're careful what we worship, what we listen to even in our worship, because our theology is shaped by So friends, be careful in that as well. Just because it says Christian doesn't make it healthy for you. Just because it's labeled like that. But if it's, if it's based in the word, it will lift you, it will remind you, it will bring you back to the faithfulness of God. There are so many more to discover. There's so many more that are beneficial and helpful. Silence and solitude, scripture memory, simplicity, living simply is a, a spiritual discipline. Serving is a discipline, a habit of the life of a disciple. Studying the word. Oh, there's so much to do with the word. Meditating on the word, memorizing the word. There's so much even when it just comes to the word. And we need these consistent habits and practices in our lives because, like we said at the beginning, no one stumbles into what's best for them. No one accidentally gets fit. You have to be intentional about it through routine and persistence. So Paul's metaphor to us, in, uh, to what he was saying to Timothy, helps us to understand our spiritual training in the same way. This is what the life of a disciple looks like. These consistent practices that bring us to the presence of God, that help us to know God, that help us to know what to do next, that help us to hear the voice of the Spirit. So what do you get out of all of this persistence and discipline? What are the benefits for you if you actually apply these things to your life? 
I think you can expect a few things. And my list is incomplete on purpose. Because I'd like to ask you just for a couple minutes here at the end uh, before we close. I'd love to hear from you. A few of you um, responded to our, our social media post even about this. And it was really helpful and interesting to hear your responses. What disciplines have worked for you? Is there something that's happened in your life where uh, you have picked up a spiritual discipline, maybe for the first time, or, or re-engaged with it, and you've noticed a difference? What's something that maybe you haven't, um, you haven't done before you started doing, and you thought, oh, this is unbelievable. This is helping me so much. I'd love to hear uh, for a couple minutes about that off campus, please. We'd love to. You're there with uh, Pastor Ethan and Pastor Aaron. Uh, but I'll just tell you as we go, here are a few things that you can expect as a disciple of Jesus who engages in the consistent practice of spiritual disciplines, whatever those look like in your life, you can expect, first of all, to know God. Wait for it. There it is. I knew. I, I typed it, so I know it's there. Uh, you can expect to know God. You can expect that you will get to know this God. I don't know God. He's so mysterious. Yeah, he is. He's so, he, his, his ways are higher than our ways, but he's revealed himself to us. You can expect to know him. You can also expect to recognize him in your daily life. When you are practicing spiritual disciplines, you're going to start to see what God is doing. You're going to start to see, uh, we had a crazy thing happen to us on Friday. I can't even get into it. It's too long of a story. A crazy thing happened that was horrible. It was horrible. And I was like, oh man, Jesus protected us from that being so much worse. <laughs> and that was the truth of it. He, it will help you to understand where God is in the middle of your pain. It will also help you to know what to do, what, what, what to say yes to, what to say no to. When you are practicing spiritual disciplines, it will help you to know what to do. He will guide you. He'll speak to you. He'll use other people. You'll start to see the dots being connected and know what direction to go. You are going to have peace. When you are in his word, when you are praying, when you are spending time in worship, when you are humbling yourself with fasting and all of the other disciplines, you are going to find peace in your life, the thing that is so elusive in our culture. You're going to be a person of peace. You're going to understand that you are called and that you can be used by God. You're going to understand that you're gifted when you start to engage in these practices. You're going to see what God has for you to do. We're going to talk a little bit more about that next week. You're going to understand scripture. You know, some of you are just like, I'm reading, but I don't get it. Keep going. Keep going. It's, the dots are going to connect one by one by one by one as you keep going, I promise you. You're going to understand scripture, and you're going to be transformed daily. Daily. It's small. It's incremental. But every single day, as you are in the word, as you are practicing these, uh, these disciplines, these habits, you will be transformed every day. Your mind will be renewed. You're going to look more and more like Christ in, in your decisions, in your reactions, and the things that you do. These are the things that we know are true. But what else? Pastor Ethan, why don't you come and help me? I'd love to hear from you. Um, of what has worked for you? Is there something that you think, man, in this area of habits and spiritual disciplines, there is something that, if I, that has really helped me. Let, me. let me share it with the church so that I can encourage someone else um, in, that, in those things. So do you, want, do you want this table? You can have it. Okay. I can share it. That's cool. I will tell you, I'll, I'll give you one to start, but I'd love to, I would love to hear from you. Um, the, uh, I had somebody uh, in my office maybe about six months ago who had really struggled with a, 
reading, reading the Bible. And they, no, I've been a Christian a long time, but really the consistency of, of doing it daily and, and, and doing it in a, a methodical way and being in the word every day. And she said, uh, so I'm doing really well right now. And I was like, oh, how come? I, I've been reading the Bible every single day. And I'm like, yeah, tell me. Or sometimes like I'll say, say more about that. <laughs> say more about that. And she said, I've always read the Bible, but never in this consistent way. And I've been consistently in the word, and it is changing my life. Like it's changing my life. It changes the way I think about my day. It changes the way I think about my circumstances. It's, it's changing my life. And I knew that, but then the actual doing of it has changed my life. And it's so simple and basic, um, but it actually, it actually works. What about you? Any spirit? Off campus too, do you have anything for me? You can share from your own life, Ethan. Yeah, I think, so I found a similar thing when it came to like consistently reading the word. So what I would do um, for a long, long time, it was like when like spurts, where it was like, okay, Mm -hmm. I would read like a ton of chapters at like at a time. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, then I go like another week and I would barely read anything. And I read a ton again and then like barely anything. And it was just kind of like this back and forth thing and it wasn't really like consistent. Mm -hmm. It was just like a lot at once and then little bit and if you know anything about like running or training or anything like you know that's like okay if you're gonna win a race and it's a long distance one you need to go at like at a slower pace so that you can last a lot longer in that race and so I'm gonna stand over here (laughs) so when it comes to uh, reading the Bible it's like the same thing where it's like okay if you're doing it consistently in smaller chunks over a longer period of time you're going to be able to have an impact in your life from that word um, that is so much more significant yeah. than if you're just going to read like 20 chapters a day for like a week and then like a week off and then back on and like back and forth. Yeah, and because there's no time yeah. to, to even absorb what you're no. reading or whatever too. Yeah, Yeah, and like last year uh, at the beginning of January when I did the read the entire Bible in 30 days. And so I went through that and that was fantastic and that did make a huge difference in my life. But at the same time, this year when I thought about doing it again, I was like, okay, you know what? At this point, I think I would rather look into a certain book of the Bible, study it a little bit more, because that's what I need right now. Yeah. Because that last year, that was really good and gave me a great oversight of the Bible. But I was like, I need to go a bit deeper at this point right now. And it's I also need to recognize that. We've also talked about how you doing the 30-day Bible shred or whatever it was called is also cuckoo bananas. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Just to be clear, like that's a little bit cuckoo bananas, but, you know. But I, I, but I, but I respect it. It takes a little bit of time. Yeah, it took some time, yeah, but I respect it. What other spiritual disciplines have you found uh, have made a difference in your life? I'd love to hear from you. There are no. Here, uh, Adam. Oh, Matt's got a mic too. Thanks, guys. Uh, the motivation. Uh, if you approach reading God's word not because you want to do a checklist, but I just want to know him, uh, it changes everything because then you're consistent because it's a walk. It's not, you know, I'm trying to figure out something for the sake of showing something off or whatever. Yeah. It's just a relationship thing. That's great, Jack. Yeah. So what has mattered? It's not just the, hey, Matt, Josh, uh, what has mattered is, uh, is the motivation behind it. You're right. Because if, if your spiritual disciplines, like I said at the beginning, are a checklist, you've sort of missed the, missed the point. It's not about the checklist, it's what they bring you to, which is the presence of God, the knowledge of God, and, and those kinds of things, yeah. Um, yeah, motivation. If you change the motivation, it changes your spiritual disciplines. Good. 
starting your day with it. So doing it first thing instead of trying to fill in gaps later because mm. we all know you get busy and, and oftentimes don't yeah. if you leave it till the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> I wish that wasn't so true. I, I agree with you. I, uh, I feel like I have tried so many times in my, I'm not a super, like a morning person. Like once I'm up, I'm up, but I don't like getting up early and those kinds of things. But I have tried so many times. I'm going to do my devotions at night. I'm going to do my, I have failed more at that than anything else. So I agree. I, I don't, I, I, you can, you can do them whenever it works for you, but be cautious that it doesn't get, mo- it doesn't, it doesn't take second priority or third priority in your schedule. You know, there is such a powerful thing about even starting your day like that. Not to be legalistic, but because just that's just how we're wired. So that's good. Thanks, Josh. To doing that at the beginning of the day has made a big difference for you, yeah. Uh, in my early 20s, we did uh, some spiritual discipline lists uh, in the church I was part of. And party, partying was as in like rejoice in the Lord. Nice! And, uh, we didn't talk. That's, that's in the Bible. Yeah. And... Um, I would say, like, uh, when we got our daughter, I was like, I want to implement this in our life. And the Jewish culture has that very implemented, that they have their high holidays or, like, uh, so, and in that, it has also pushed me in to read up on, like, why are they celebrating uh, Purim? Or why are they celebrating Shabbat? Or why are they celebrating all these, which is also aligned with our normal Christians, like Easter and and Christmas and things. And so, so it has... For my own uh, relationship with God, it has uh, done a lot of things. Mm. And also, like, I want to give that to uh, our daughter to sort of, like, it's just part of life. We, we just do this. And it's also a lot of food involved yes. in the Jewish, <laughs> uh, Jewish yes. holidays. Yeah. And so uh, our understanding of God comes through eating and t- being together. Yeah, that's beautiful. Celebration. Yeah, not, not neglecting the celebrating um, together and and breaking bread together and and sharing in God's goodness together. Yeah, awesome. Um, I think I had a bad habit of learning quantity over quality, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the techniques I, I learned about was um, learn like you're going to teach somebody. Yeah, you know, whether you're going to go home and tell your dog or <laughs> or your friend or Get you that know, dog Dewey, saved. Dewey's yeah. a good listener. Right? Yeah, His yeah. ears perk up when I say <laughs> the right thing. So because what happened? <laughs> It helps, it helps when you get to a point where you can't explain it to someone else. And that yeah. is a great point to kind of stop and really listen, um, you know, maybe give it a day, sleep on it, and, you know, think about it a little bit longer. That's great. Yeah, that's so great. Yeah, make sure that you're going at a pace that you could explain it to somebody else. What you're, and if you can't explain it, that's a great point to be like, maybe I need to pause longer here and dig in a little bit deeper to what I'm, to what I'm either hearing in prayer, reading in the word, whatever. That's great. Oh, go ahead, Matt. Uh, I think for me, uh, to continue is um, not to be discouraged by your emotions. Yeah, that's good. You know, where you're at, like, oh, man, I'm not in a good spot or, you know, it's, and I think you said you had a message a couple few months ago about uh, being consistent and not worrying about your emotions, but just do your job kind of deal and just kind of push through and God will meet you. So, That's good. Yeah, we are so emotionally driven. Our emotions are given to us from God, and so there's nothing bad about them. But when they rule our lives, when they make the decisions for us, we're in trouble. We're going to find ourselves in trouble. And so that's good. To con- that's what discipline does for you, right? It pushes through. Like, you're like a 5 a.m. gym goer, 
right? And so when you, when you, you just choose to do that, do you wake up every time and feel like, ah, you know what I really want to do right now is go out in the freezing cold and go do like a brutal workout? No, of course not. But you, you, you make the choice, right? You make the choice not on how you're feeling. It's the same thing in our spiritual life. And the benefits, of course, though, Paul says, take us to eternity. Take us to eternity. That's great. Not to be ruled by emotion. Yeah. Kelly? Um, one uh, discipline that we've, uh, Jim and I have both uh, learned over the years is, is a small group Bible study. We've done studies and studies over the years, and, and not constantly in a study, but just, you know, a, a study in... Um, you know, a study in the fall, one in the spring, doing one, um, you know, just on our own in, in the summertime. And just over years, we've just, um, we, we just learn the word of God. We know what God's saying. We learn who, who God is reading through the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And we uh, learn the commands of Christ and, and what uh, Christ will, um, wants for us in, in, in the, uh, the New Testament. And um, there's just a strength that really... Um, that, that grows inside of us, that we just yeah. understand the word of God and, and, and when we read the word of God, that, that God is speaking to us and we um, know that what the Holy Spirit is, is saying to us, um, you know, throughout the day and not perfectly in our lives, but we, we can hear the voice mm-hmm. of God because we um, because we, we know the word of God, because we, we've just studied it and with others um, over the years, we've studied with, with other people and we hear what... Um, you know, other other people together, we just um, we just get into it, and, and we just try and figure out what yeah. what God is saying to us uh, with other people. Yeah. And um, like I said, it's just a a, a real strength that that yeah. grows in, inside of you. Yeah, that's a great one, Kelly. Just like to be consistently studying the Word, and to do it with other people. I can't tell you how many times I'm sure you have the experience too. When you're in your small group discussion, somebody says something, you go, "Huh, I never would have thought of that." I'm like, you hear. The Holy Spirit uses what other people are discovering and, and coming up with too to help you and to grow inside of you as well. It's great. Anything from off campus? Yeah, so we got a couple here. So one from Michael. Uh, his is prayer. And so he says his prayer is every morning, in the middle of the day sometimes, and at night as well. And then we have another one from Caitlin. Great routine, yeah. Um, and she says that we have started observing Sabbath once a week, mm-hmm. slowing down and taking time away from busy things to just rest and be close to God. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. I've talked to Caitlin a little bit about Sabbath. She's mentioned it a few times uh, to me personally, and I, and I hear her saying things like, they, they, do, they celebrate on Sabbath. They'll do stuff like, there's a special dessert. That'll be their Sabbath dessert, and they're all looking forward to it, and they're going to rest. They're going to be together as a family, and they're going to celebrate with a specific food or whatever, and um, it's beautiful. Okay, there's so many. I know. We're, I, I see. We have a couple more? Okay, just a couple. Do you have another one from off campus? Uh, I was actually going to make a recommendation. Go, um, go when it, it comes to Sabbath, um, that is probably one of our most neglected practices. Yeah, yeah. Um, because we need a whole message so on just Sabbath. Oh, yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah, yeah. And a book that I would actually highly recommend, uh, you've read it as well, mm-hmm. um, it's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer, and he talks a lot okay. about that. Um, because we are so busy all the time, whether it's work or friends or family or, you know, all the million and a half things that we have, or, or sorry, that you have your kids into, not me, but that you guys have your kids on all these different programs. And yeah. so your life is always super busy and you're yeah. always going, always, you know, something on your mind. And so it's just that practice of slowing down, taking time to take Sabbath and actually spend time with God outside of the hectic, yeah, you know, way of life. Yeah. Yeah, the ruthless elimination of hurry was good. Yeah. Uh, okay, a couple more. And then, guys, we have to go home. But, like, okay, yes, go. Um, one, one for me is is taking advantage of the time in a vehicle alone. So I know a lot of good, us yeah. drive drive to work. 
Um, a lot of us drive to and from, and we've got that, that section of time. So for me, um, audio Bible has been like a life changer. And I can tell when I, when I finish a plan, and if, I, if I'm not ruthless to start another one right away, I just start to see those peaks and valleys in my emotional state Mm. And in my, you know, just that steadiness starts to waver more and, uh, and I can see that, that impact. And then, and then I get back into it and the Lord just levels me right back out. Yeah. It's um, amazing. Hey? So yeah. 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 It's really amazing. Thanks Adam. Did you have one more? Are you good? Um, so I hope this encourages you that you can hear that no, nobody's perfectly figured it out, but that there's a journeying and, and I, I just really trust the faithfulness of God in these things that he's commanded us to do. When he asks us to do something and he says he's going to bless us when we know the word. He says he's going to bless us um, and give us peace when we trust him in prayer. Like these things, he really does meet us in these places, friends. And so be encouraged today. Um, I've often said this, I didn't say it in this message, but I have to say it now, which is if you feel like I can't get into the, I can't get into my spiritual disciplines because I've been a Christian a long time and I should be so much further ahead than I am and I'm not because I've been so inconsistent and you just like live in guilt about that and it stops you from doing the next thing. Can I just say to you today, please be free. Be free. I was there. I lived there for so long and I'll tell you what, you can be free of that. Just say, "Mm, that's not what Jesus would say to me. Jesus would invite me to the table. He wouldn't say, you haven't been here in a long time so you can't come. Do you understand? So I want you to just like let those changes fall off of your life if that's where you are right now and just say, hey, what's, what's today? What's tomorrow? What's, what's the, the one thing? What's the next thing? Um, and just take it one step at a time, okay? So that's, that's always my encouragement because I know that the enemy would use that, kind of that voice to keep us from doing the thing that brings us close to God, okay? So just be really aware of that. Let's stand together. Thank you guys for participating. Thank you off campus. It was great to hear from you this morning. Um, uh, and, and, and I want to just encourage you. Whatever the Lord was saying to you today might be different than the person beside you, but what is he calling you? So let's just take a minute and invite him to speak that to us. Lord, we pause in your presence, in your church, not this building, but like literally among your church today. We hear different people having uh, different experiences, different things that have worked, different ways that you've challenged people to focus and, and, and all of the practical side of our spiritual lives. We're so grateful that we are not walking this alone. But Holy Spirit, we just, we pause in the quietness of this place and invite you to speak to us what, how you want to challenge us. For some of us, we, we really need to be in the word and in prayer, like those really basic things that we know about, but it has, that discipline has fallen out of our lives and we know it. So we repent of that. Lord, we're sorry. We're sorry for um, the time we've wasted and we're sorry um, that, that we haven't done the things you've commanded us to do and we ask for forgiveness and that this would be a new start for some of us who just really, we need to come back to the beginning. And we, we don't, we don't, receive or feel shame or condemnation about that that the enemy would want to give us we say uh, we are forgiven and free and you are calling us to the table of all of the incredible things that you have for us in your presence in your word through prayer so i ask lord that you would speak to us each individually some of us are being called to 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 deeper spiritual disciplines we're being called to fast 
Uh, we're being called to things that we, we think about as really difficult, and we hear that call, and we're sort of pushing against it, wondering if we really have to. And we, we just choose to surrender um, all of our disciplines to you, our days to you. And we ask, Lord, that whatever you would want us to do, we would be willing to say yes, that our deeds would outrun our words, that we wouldn't just say that we're following you, but we would do the things you've commanded us to do in following you. And our lives would outweigh our songs. We would live out the things that we sing about together. Help us, Lord, to be specific, be specific with us, Holy Spirit. Be specific with us. We're listening, and we want to respond to you. We, you know exactly what our next step is, and so help us to hear it and to sense it, and then give us um, everything we need, the strength to walk in it exactly how you're calling us to. So we invite you to do that work in us. We pray, just, just, we think about the people standing around us. This is not just about us. Lord, we pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ. We just think about this room. We think about our off-campus. We think about anyone who might be watching this at a later time. Lord Jesus, we pray for one another. Strengthen us with your hand. We pray that the enemy would have no say, would, wouldn't be able to lie to us about anything in these habits, but instead... Together, our brothers and sisters in Christ would be able to press into you and to know you better. We pray this blessing on their lives, each one of, each one of them. And we pray it for ourselves and our own families. And we ask you for it in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Be blessed, you guys. Next week, we're going to talk about uh, the, next, the next building blocks. We're looking forward to that. And we'll see you again next Sunday.